coming man Hi there, I'm Gary Innes and welcome to the Cameron Connections, a series of programmes sponsored by Shinty Memories, looking back at some of the greats of our game. And today it gives me the greatest of pleasures to welcome Derek Fraser from Kamali. And I started by asking Derek about his earliest memory. Right back to my school days there, we had a headmaster in Banavie School. He allowed you to come to school with your school books, but you didn't come without your shinty stick. <laughs> It was, oh, he made you go home for the shinty stick. So that was the earliest moment there, and oh, he was a hard task master. But he got results, he got results. He ended up being president of the Cameron Association, Walter Cameron. And then as we got older and older there, we came to 13, 14 years group, and that was the McTavish Juvenile Final, 17 and under. There was a a mistake, I'll talk about that later on, but our first game was against Bewley. We managed to get through to the final of the McTavish Cup, and the final was played at Bewley. And we won, I th- I'm almost sure it was 4-1, we beat Bewley in. So that was the first That was the first game for Kamali, really. And then the next year, lo and behold, we won the Cup again. The year after that was a terrible year for Kamali Shinty Club. The, there's a, an age limit on that cup. And what was on it was on or before the 17th of August, you couldn't play. That was wrong. It shouldn't have said on or before. It should have said before because my birthday was on the 1st of August. So that meant that Kamali were tough out with McTavish cup because it was on instead of before and there was no apology given but we had to suffer that would have been three years in the trot we had won it but there you are so that was the first uh, inkling of my shinty career then it went on to junior shinty junior shinty and you worked your way up through the various sections and there was something in the, the minutes of the Kamali Shinty Club committee. It was passed at the meeting that they said once they won the Sutherland Cup, they would turn senior. Well, Kamali did win the Sutherland Cup. I think it was 1948. Don't pick me up on that, but I think it was 1948. So they, they turned senior the next year. After that, I worked my way through the juniors and into the seniors, where I played centre-half-back. I played there for a good number of years, and then I was called up to my national service. You usually go when you're 18 to national service, but I didn't go till I was 23, because I was serving my time as a hitter, and I broke my leg up playing shinty at at foyers. (laughs) Shinty at football at foyers, football. And we were walking down from the hotel, down to the hall. There was a wee dance on afterwards. Walking down the road, and here this motorbike come up behind. Me being the outside of the party, I was walking down the road. The footstep of the bike caught me in the back of the leg, the tibia, and broke my leg. Carted off to Rigmore. So that was me, six months, I had to serve my time again. Five and a half months instead of the usual five. So that's why I was late going into the forces. 
when I was in the forces, Kamali were going from strength to strength at that time. And 1956, Kamali got through to the final of the camera. And there's me away. <laughs> I was never abroad in the forces. I was down at Cramwell at the time. And they couldn't get up to the game. But Kamali lost it 4-1 to Kyle's. Through the years, we reached the camera final five times. Five times and won it once. And the five times we played in that final, guess who we played against? It was Kyle's Athletic. Every time. They were our bogey team. So that was the history of the Camera Cup with Kamali. And through the 60s, through the 60s, I reckon that that was the best team that Kamali had, even now. But through the 60s, I'm sure it was the best team that we had because we had a lot of good players at that time. Can you name some of the team through the 60s for us, Derek, please? I've got a wee photograph here somewhere. John McIsaac, uh, Dougie McLaughlin. First there was my brother, Charlie. He, uh, I'll go through them all. Dougie McLaughlin, Shep, Huey McIntyre, Burnett. Burnett was the captain, James Burnett. John McIsaac, Johnny Murphy, Tam Sweeney, Willie Brown, Ian McIntosh, Scott Rocketel, and Ronald Ferguson. Ronald Ferguson was in the forward line. So that was the majority of the team then. It went from strength and strength through the 60s. In the 60s, we were in one, two, three, four finals in the 60s and, and won at once. I always remember the year we won it. We, we were playing Newton Moore at Spearbridge, and I was still centre-half at the back at the time and Gabby Fraser was playing opposite me and the ball came up the field both ran together I beat Gabby in the tackle on there and was running up the field with the ball and I heard this shout from the sideline look out Derek he tried to kick you there did he? <laughs> and I ran after Gabby and it was that funny I stopped and laughed my head off so anyhow we got over the game and we beat Newmore in the semi-final. But at the end of that game, Gabby and I went up to each other and gave each other a big hug. And that was it. No animosity in these days, we, especially with Newmore and Kamali. Every one of the, the players were all friends. And that. so oh, it was good. It was really good. Did I mention Tom Sweeney? He was in that team as well. That was uh, the makings of our team. My younger brother, he was in the forces at the time. He had signed on for 10 years, the stupid bugger. He signed on for 10 years, so that was him finished with a shindy. Eventually, I went from centre-back to full-back in place of Jimmy Chisholm. Jimmy Chisholm landed in goals then, and I was in full-back. And incidentally, that's where I picked up the honour of being captain of Scotland when I was in at full-back there. I couldn't go over it at the time, but great, great feeling to lead the Scotland team out onto the field. This was played in the Buck Park in Inverness in 1972. 1972, and uh, it was a great honour. The feeling was, it was tremendous, tremendous altogether. And will we see like again that fought and died for your wee bit hill and glen and stood against him. Proud Edward saw 
and sent him homeward to think again. The hills are bare now, and autumn leaves lie thick and still. Or land that is lost now, which those so dearly held that stood against him. Proud Edward's army and sent him homeward to think again. Those days are past now, and in the past they must remain. But we can still rise now and be the nation again. At night in the Caledonian Hotel, the Irish captain presented a shield, quite a big shield, to me for being captain of the Scotland team. And it was reciprocated by uh, a silver mouse stick the other way. And tell us, Derek, did you win? No, we got beat. But I'm quite sure it was the first international after the war. And we weren't used to that, this type of game. And I'm quite sure... If we had played another game, I think we would have won that game. If we had played another one, we weren't used to the rules or anything like that, the positions of anyone, and what makes me sure that if we had played again the next year, we would have won. Yeah. The same teams, we would have won. But that's the way it goes. Well, Derek, let's go back to your first Cabinet Cup final, and you mentioned Kyle's, but where did you play them, and what was the score? Either 3-1 or 4-1. All the games were in that... Area three one or four one. It wasn't a, it wasn't a two one. It was either three one or four one. Oh, they were a bogey team. We couldn't get past them at all. Uh, we got into the cup final in '64, and we're all praying, we're all praying. But it was in the rally we played in the final in Fitzwilliam. Brother Charlie, he got the four goals. So that was a feat in itself. I kept them out at one end, and he put them in at the other end. <laughs> Full forward he was playing. And what was the atmosphere like that day? Big crowd there. When the final whistle went, the whole of the area went mad. Went daft. Uh, and even at night, over in Cottle Hotel, we, 
the reception was in the Imperial Hotel in, in Fort William, and afterwards we got the bus, and a tour of the villages ended up in the Cotterock Hotel, where Ian McIntosh, the son of the proprietor, where he was. We all took in there, and what a night that was. Even some of the new more players were down at that. <laughs> they were down at the reception, down at the Hotel. They decided to come down as well. No one got to their bed that night. The day after, oh, don't mention the day after. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were terrible the next day. I don't think any of us saw the next day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's the way it was. And uh, I don't know whether the new Moore boys went back home or stayed the night somewhere. I just don't know. And looking back to that day, obviously winning 4-1 against Inverary, can you remember some of the highlights of the day for you? Not really. I remember one time the ball came up the field and I was my opponent was rushing towards the ball and he opened his legs where it passed and unintentionally I kicked the ball. All shouting from the sideline, he kicked the ball with, he kicked the ball with. Referee never took any heed of them. <laughs> and I got the ball away back up the field again. That was one incident. But how he never saw it, I'll never know. But it was intentional. If it wasn't for that, if I didn't kick the ball, the boy was right through. And that was, couldn't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> now you're heading to the reception at night, Derek. You've already lost the Cameron Cup before, so you know how it feels how good does it feel to finally get your hands on that trophy and have that winner's medal in your hand? Oh, Christ, yeah. I, I, I just can't put it into words. That day when we landed over in Cobb Hotel, showing off the medals to everyone, and of course the cup itself, everyone was there. Mothers, wives, girlfriends, the lot. They were there. Couldn't get into Cobb Hotel for people. Oh, it was marvellous altogether. Unfortunately, it never happened again. We were in the final again in 65 and 69. But, of course, the bogey team we were playing against, Kyles, that was it. And three of them, I think, were playing Melbourne. It wasn't for William, a pity. <laughs> that's, that's where we were it. Never mind, never mind. And looking back to the team and the squad that you had in 1964, Derek, I don't suppose you thought for a second this would be the only time that you'd win it. Oh, no, I never thought of that at all. We, were, we got to the final in 65, won it in 64, got the final in 65, and we all thought, well, we're going to win it again. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. We were very disappointed with that. Being in the final two years in the trot and then getting beat. When you win the Camera Cup, you think you're invincible. It's not the case. You just, you've got to take them as they come. Absolutely, yeah. And tell us, where's your Camera Cup winner's medal today, Derek? It's up the stairs there, along with two silver mountain sticks. I got two silver mountain sticks when I was captain in 59, 60, I think it was. Uh, the two sticks are up the stairs. I have, I've always been put the sticks crossed above the mantelpiece, but I never, I never got round to it. <laughs> I got round to it. And, and a shield, make, get a shield made for all the medals that's on it. There's over a hundred medals there, but never mind.
in that 60s there, we won the McTavish, I think it was four times, the McGilvery League and that. Oh, we were up for it in the 60s, all right. And any time there was a, a draw to be made for one of the Cups, every other team would say, Christ, it's a hope it's not Comali we get. Hope it's not Comali we get. But there's no doubt about it. The 60s were the years that Comali played well. We had a good team at that. Fortunately, we had a good team that day. And there was a fellow in the defence there, John McIsaac was his name. And once he got the ball, once John got the ball, no one could take the ball off him. All the forwards in the game would try to get the ball off him. But no, you never got the ball off McIsaac once he got it. He was that kind of player. There was the forward line, Tosh, Ian McIntosh, Ron Ferguson, Hughie McIntyre, my brother Charlie. Of course, we had McIsaac, James himself, James Burnett, and John Murphy. They were in the half line. Myself at full back and Alistair McIntyre in goals. He used to be the safety. That was the team we had at that time. Oh, it was it was good. It was really good. Looking back at that era and that time, Derek, can you name some of the other greats that were playing? Oh well, at that time you had the Jock Balls, you had uh, Johnny Campbell, you had Gabrizer himself. That was the Newton Moore. That was just two or three of the players. Can you see had Ian Ross? Donny Grant, Lovett were a strong team at one time there, but they faded away in the 60s. But Tommy Fraser, Lovett had a goalkeeper called Tommy Fraser. Oh, he was a great goalkeeper. Great all together. And the likes of Kyles. I remember one time they all came up the field on they're stuck, stuck in the mud somewhere. Our goalkeeper, who at that time was Jimmy Chisholm, he came out to get the ball, and who came running in? Tommy Nicholson and Kyles. He managed to get the ball out of the mud and put it into the empty net. There's the Celtic boys, Forgreaves. There were three brothers at the Forgreaves there. And I was very friendly with them. It was really their mother I was friendly with down in Oban. And I used to go visit her many a time. Andy Anderson, that was another good player. Oh, he was a good player. And his son took over. When he retired, his son took over. And he was just as good. That was the cream of the bunch, I'd say. Would you say it was some of the best days of your life, Eric? Oh, yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Except uh, when I was a lot younger, got married and all that and had a family. These days were great. Keep yourself fit all the time. You're out at training most nights. And, oh, it was just, it was a dream. It was a dream all the time. You were, you were in cloud cuckoo land most of the time. Especially when you were winning. Not so good when you were losing, but uh, when you were winning, oh, it was great. Uh, and what year was it that you hung up the stick in the boots yourself, Derek? Oh, Christ. We were only about the, the early 40s. They were wanting me to up refereeing, but I didn't do that. My brother took up the refereeing, but I didn't do that at all. I ended up on the Executive Council of the Kamenach. That's where I ended up. They were for the chairman of the referees committee. I was nominated. Seemingly, that was it. So I was, I was chairman of the referee committee for a good number of years. It was a hard job, really. It was a hard job keeping some of the, the representatives from the club, keep them at bay. And another one at that time who gave me an awful lot of help when I was uh, chairman of the referees committee was Alistair Macter himself. He had done it over the years. 
and all the paperwork and all that and been secretary. So he knew the ins and outs of, the, of what was needed to be done and all the rest of it. So he kept you right most of the time. There was no someone up before the beak sort of style <laughs> for a, a misdemeanor. <laughs> uh, I remember one time I was playing at Claggan Park and I'd never been booked in my life before. Never been booked or sent off. And this time the referee blew the whistle against me, yellow carded me, yellow carded me, and I turned around and I says, that wasn't a foul. I'm telling you now, you look up the rule book tonight and see if it's in the rule book. That was the only time I ever got booked and I shouldn't have been. So I was regarded as a clean player. <laughs> oh, gee, be booked once throughout your whole playing career, Derek. That's pretty special. Just the once. I was quite proud of that when I see other players getting booked and all the rest of it. But once was enough. I didn't do it again. <laughs> didn't do it again, you know. When you go to the Camera Cup finals now, Derek, does it still give you a wee buzz? Oh, yes. Aye. As soon as the game starts, you're on a buzz there. It all depends who's, who, what team's on the field. If you've got an interest in one of the teams there, the buzz is there. If your team gets beat, you're a wee bit disappointed for them, having been in the same position before myself. So you're a wee bit disappointed, but it's great going to a come in a final. It's the thing in Shinty. Yeah. It's the thing in Shinty. The highlight was knowing that when you're on the field, that if you're in trouble yourself on the field, you always knew that there was another one there coming in, giving you a hand. You could depend on that. You were never left on your own. Slog it out with, say, two other players. You could always depend on, on the rest of your teammates, especially in defence. We had a system in the defence there. We never, ever wandered out of position. We always made sure we covered the area that we were supposed to be in. And as for myself, the full forward always tried to get the full back out of the sawdust, away from there, I always remember one time, I went to a game, it was Kyles and Newton Moore. Kyles and Newton Moore. And Johnny Campbell was full forward for Newton Moore. And Johnny started to wander up the field, up the field. And what happened? Full back went with him. Johnny got the ball. What did he do? He hit the ball in to where he should have been. Two wing forwards, going like stags, into the shortage, bang, bang. That was it. Positional play was most important. To me, anyhow, it was most important because you could get somewhere with positional play. But if your players started wandering all over the field, you could never win games that way. Looking back, Derek, do you have any regrets? One time we were playing in the town park. I can't mind who we were playing against. But I was too late going in the tackle. And uh, the boy swung his stick. He got the ball right enough. But uh, he got me in the chin as well. Broke my door, so I was carted off to the Belford Hospital and switched me up, back onto the field, full forward. <laughs> as soon as I went back onto the field, oh, a big cheer went up from the crowd. And we won that game too. I think that was against Roman Celtic. We beat them 3-2, I think. That's right, we beat them 3-2. But that was a big regret that I had missed the tackle. That rankled me somewhat terrible. Missing the tackle and the stick in the chin. Broke my jaw. Uh, but I hated doing something that I should have done. No time for mistakes in, in that area of the game. Can't make mistakes. Make mistakes and it's a goal. 
When you think back to the glory days, Derek, is there anyone that you'd like to thank? I'd just like to thank all the boys. All the boys that I played against and with of their sportsmanship during all the time that we were playing. Especially the other teams there, and our own, of course. They were sportsmen. They were sportsmen. They were your enemy during the game. But after the game, oh, you're your best friend. It was a good time to be playing shindy. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Derek. To hear all your stories and history of Kamali during that period has just been brilliant. So thank you very much once again. It would be nice to be talking to you, Gary. When I was talking to you, I think I was down in the town park here. We got a photograph taken together. We did, yes, that's correct. <laughs> no, I can't remember what that was about. So, but it was nice to have someone thinking about you and wanting, their, and wanting your photograph. I'm quite sure they just wanted a photograph of the best looking man in Lochaber standing beside myself. <laughs> Derek, it's been an absolute privilege to interview you today and thank you so much again. And we're going to go out with your last track just now. Take care of yourself and get those shinty sticks up above the fireplace. My solitude and let me wander free to climb the rocky mountain and search the glen below for a fine ten pointer of the alone. Give to me a rifle, set me on the trail. High hills before me, the early sunshine pale, rising o'er the maiden, reflecting on Tidmore, while high on the hillside the royal rivals roar. Show me a rainy land below me, love Marie. Lead me to my solitude and let me wander free To climb the rocky mountain and search the glen below For a fine ten-pointer or a royal load Lead me where the falcon and the wild eagle soar One mile north from the bothy at Carnmore Lofty Ben fresh when I will stalk the weary stag And thrill to the call of the wild grey lag Show me a rainy land below me, Loch Lead me to my solitude and let me wander free To climb the rocky mountain and search the glen below For a fine ten-pointer or a royal Me where I faintly see the distant Isle of Luz. Show me all this world, there is one place I would choose to represent the beauty of our homeland fair. Loch Marie Islands from the heights of Adler. Show me a rainy land below me, Loch Marie. Lead me to my solitude and let me wander free to find the rocky mountain and search the glen below for a fine ten pointer or a royal Light is fading and the day is wearing through. You'll find me heading west to the village of Pulio. Farewell to Bonnie Kerry, my wandering footsteps guide through the fair woods of Inveran by the riverside. Show me a rainy land below me, Loch Marie. Lead me to my solitude and let me wander free to find the rocky mountain and search the glen below for a fine ten pointer or a royal Marie, lead me to my solitude and let me wander free to find the Rocky Mountain and search the glen below for a fine ten-pointer or a royal low for a fine ten-pointer or a royal low.